Well, that is worthy of an amen. Worship team, I just want to thank you. They've hung in here in the weather, and man, what a beautiful day to get to worship. And hopefully you were sitting there with your windows open and a breeze blowing through your car. And just to remind you, listen to me, God loves you. And he's right here with you, and he wants to be your shepherd. He has everything we ever need. There is no reason to look any further uh, than at the feet of Jesus. And so uh, with that, we're going to continue our message today called, I am glad that I am a sheep. And I hope today... You can find it within yourself to be uh, 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 to find it, uh, exercise enough humility to say, God, I am glad I'm a sheep. And I am glad today that you are my good shepherd. And so just to get us into it, because uh, uh, we, we got to cover just a little bit of what we covered last week to launch into this week. First, we saw as being a sheep of a good shepherd. Number one, the shepherd is the exclusive door. He says, I am the door for these sheep. He's not a door for the goats. He's not a door for the mules. He's a door for the sheep. And if you are a sheep, you will go through one door, and his name is Jesus. Secondly, we saw the sheep, the shepherd moves forward uh, on the heels of defining himself as the door for these sheep. He says, now I want you to know uh, that there is a trap door out there you got to be careful of. So he wants to warn you and me as his sheep that, that everything out there does not point to the shepherd. And so he told us that, that thieves, that those others are thieves and robbers and they take things with a strategic plan and, and they come and take things at times by force. And so they're real, there's a real enemy out there and it's a trap door and he warns us. Thirdly, we saw that the shepherd is a delivery door. He says, for those who are saved, he, he is a delivery door. And what he delivers is quite simply deliverance for those who find Jesus and agree to be the sheep of his pasture, we find full and complete deliverance, deliverance that leads out of captivity and into the abundant life. And number four, we saw that the shepherd is a revolving door. I, I like the revolving door. It, 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 it reminds us that he says, whether you go in or whether you come out, you can find green pastures and gracious provisions that no matter where on the revol revolving story of life, Wherever you are, when you step in or step out, if Jesus is your shepherd, you can find green pastures and gracious provisions. And then we left off on a sour note because Jesus wants us to know that as good as he is, there is an enemy that stands in opposition to his goodness. There is an enemy who wants to hurt you and he warns us, he's the shepherd helping his sheep find the place where they can experience the goodness of this life. So number five was <clears throat> the shepherd warns about a prison door, a door offered by the enemy that allures us and brings us in. And what we often fail to realize is that it is a prison door that we step in and the bars go closed behind us. And as easily as it is to get in there, it's not as easy to get out. And so he warns us as a good shepherd. He says, sheep, I want you to know that there are prison doors out there that the enemy wants to ensnare and entrap you behind. He cleared it up in John 10, 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, we talked about last week, he, he doesn't say if he comes. He doesn't say he might come. He says he come. So look at you, your neighbor in your car and say, the enemy is coming. Now, what does this, what does this look like in today's terminology? 
in the spring recently, you watch the weather forecast and you see, um, you see all this information about tornadoes, lots of damage caused by tornadoes, lots of destruction and death caused by tornadoes. And, and when you watch the news, the weatherman first will issue a watch, a tornado watch. It means the environment is conducive for a tornado. The atmosphere and environment is right for a tornado. So the weatherman warns everybody who watches, he says, listen, be on watch for a tornado. But then once the tornado has been spotted, they change from a watch to a warning. The warning says we have spotted this thing, this devastating tornado. And so we are warning you to take cover, to protect yourself, to find a way to defend yourself against the tornado. Jesus is not saying this is an enemy watch. Jesus is saying this is an enemy warning. Jesus says, I have already spotted the enemy because I created the enemy and the enemy turned his back on me and now he is the enemy and I've already seen him and I'm telling you, the enemy is coming. Now, when the enemy comes, he's coming for three, only three reasons. To steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy everything good and godly in your life. That's his purpose. That's his motivation. That's his target or his goal. So I want you to tell the person with you, the devil is a thief and a killer. Go ahead and tell him. I want you to now tell him, and he wants to destroy everything good. Now I want you to tell that person, the shepherd says, get protection and take cover. So here we are as sheep. And he's just warned us about an enemy that wants to ruin us, to destroy us, to kill and, and, and steal from us. And then he goes on because Jesus will never, as our shepherd, leave us confused or unprotected. And so now he's going to tell us where we can find such protection. Number six, the shepherd is an open door. And he goes on, he says, I have come so that they may have life and may have it abundantly. Now, I don't want you to read over this casually. I want you to hear what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, there is an enemy and he hates you. And he's coming to steal, kill and destroy. He says, but I want you to hear the rest of the story. I, your shepherd, have already come. He's saying, no matter how the enemy disguises himself, no matter when he shows up in your life, I am already here to protect you. Now, a few years ago, there was a, a song, a country song on the radio. I think it was Kenny Chesney. And the song talked about no shoes, no shirt. What's the rest of it? No problem. No shoes, no shirt, no problem. I, I believe Jesus is saying today to you and to me as his sheep, no fangs, 
no horns, no speed, no claws, no spray, no power, defenseless, no problem. I believe Jesus is saying, if you are my sheep, in your absolute nothingness, in your absolute defenselessness, in your absolute list of things that you don't have to fight this bad enemy, Jesus is saying, if I'm your shepherd, no problem. I've got this. He wants to be your shepherd. Today, your pastor is glad that he is a sheep. Bah. And I hope today you are a sheep. I pray today that you are a sheep. Because if you are a sheep, you have an amazing shepherd who is an open door to abundant life. In the middle of a life and a world where an enemy is real and he's trying to take what is yours. Uh, number seven, the shepherd is a security door. The shepherd is a security door. It says in verse 11 now, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You see the difference between someone who is pretending to be a shepherd, for someone who wants to be the shepherd, but really is not the shepherd, the difference is the shepherd is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Now, we can read through that casually and miss what he's trying to say. So let me help you. Who in your life today would you be willing to lay your life down for? If the opportunity came where there was a need for you to die, who would you be willing to die for? Now, husbands right now would like to say, look over to their wife and say, hey, baby, you know that's you. Well, that's probably a lie, so don't even believe it, okay? And women, oh yeah, I'd die for my, no, you would not. You might kill your husband, but you ain't gonna die for your husband, okay? Who would we die for? We would die probably for our children and our grandchildren, at least until they get into middle school. And then they're like, okay, you're on your own, all right? We will, seldom would we be willing to die for anyone and yet Jesus, the good shepherd, is our security door who is willing to lay down his life for his sheep. In Africa a few months ago, I was amazed that, that they still have just herds and herds and herds of animals being led by shepherds. They're everywhere. And it's not like you see often in the picture. It's more like what you read when you read the Bible in the Old Testament. I remember we saw a group of sheep and goats and there was probably about 50 of them in a field, no fences, just out in the middle of a field. They're everywhere. But I remember the shepherd was not what I thought the shepherd would be. The shepherd was a little boy, probably about six or seven years old. And he's out in the middle of nowhere with about 30 to 50 sheep and goats. There's not an adult anywhere. And he's being a shepherd. One of these little boys, Keith was telling me about, had a real bad leg and he walked with a limp. And he was probably about nine or 10 years old. And 
Keith asked him, he said, what happened to your leg? And he got to looking at his leg and it was just gnarled up, just scars all over it, just really badly wounded and it had healed. And the little boy said, um, I was guarding the sheep and a, a wild baboon tried to get a sheep. And Keith said, uh, what happened? He said, I started trying to fight him off with a stick. Well, the baboon fought back and the baboon got a hold of his leg and messed it up, just chewed it up. And so Keith said, what happened to the baboon? <laughs> and the little boy said, I killed it. Now what else is supposed to happen? I killed it with a stick. Now this little boy was a good shepherd who was taking care of his sheep. And when the enemy came, he was willing to lay down his life for those sheep that were in his custody. And he had scars to show that he was a good shepherd. He had marks on his body to prove that he was a good shepherd. Does, do you get that? Do you see that? Do you sense this coming? There's another shepherd who has marks on his body to prove that he's the good shepherd, to prove that he was willing to lay his life down for the sheep of his pasture. He's got marks, scars to prove it. He's, he's got scars on his back where they strapped him to a whipping post because he claimed to be the one who would save sinners. He, he's got scars on his forehead where they pressed a crown of thorns into his brow. He, he's got scars in his hands and his feet where he laid himself willingly upon a wooden cross and allowed them to drive spikes in his hands and feet so they could hang him there on a cross. He, he's got a scar in his side where they shoved a spear through his ribs into his lungs and into his heart to make sure he was dead. There's a good shepherd who was willing to lay down his life for the sheep of his pasture. And it wasn't over there. They laid his body in a tomb, dead, scarred, beaten, bruised, wounded. But on the third day, our shepherd got up out of that grave. Now listen, this is so good. Amen. Amen. Now listen, Jesus, the King of glory, has now just defeated the enemy, fully, freely, willingly died and rose again. And so he's now proven that he is God in the flesh. Where would he go upon defeating the enemy, laying his life down for the sheep of his pasture? Would he go and announce, hey, I am the Messiah, I am God, I'm stomping out Rome? No. He went to meet with the sheep. Isn't that just beautiful? He, the first thing on our shepherd's agenda after defeating the enemy is to come alongside his sheep and to show him that he has defeated the enemy once and for all. I am glad I am a sheep. Bah. Amen. Now, I want you to know that happened a little over 2,000 years ago. So here we are on this beautiful May Sunday, sitting in the parking lot. Most of us, sheep. 
But I want you to know something. The life of a sheep is not always easy, okay? But the life of a sheep is always protected and abundant. I want you to know, as a sheep, sometimes we feel like our shepherd has left the flock. The shepherd allows the sheep to, to get in a place where it's not comfortable, where it, it, it's not pleasant. I want you to know, 2,000 years later, Jesus is still right here with his sheep. And when you need him most, he will come closer than ever before. Just a couple of days ago, I was at home and my little buddy Judson, my grandson, was at the house and he likes to swing. He said, Papa, you push me on the blue swing, I'm a good Papa. May not be a good shepherd, but I'm a good Papa. I said, yeah, I'll push you on the swing. So I started giving him a shove. And he's just flying through the, through the air in his swing, and there was a vacant swing beside him. So I noticed he started reaching for the vacant swing. I pushed him again, now he grabbed the vacant swing, and he pulled it. Now he's got an empty swing, swinging with him. And then he let it go. He's still swinging. The empty swing is swinging. He said, Papo? I said, yeah, buddy. He said, you know who's in that swing? <laughs> I'm looking, thinking, uh-oh. I'm not seeing anybody in that swing. I said, no, who? He said, Jesus. I said, ooh, son, that's good. Out of a four-year-old, he knows Jesus is real. You may not be able to see him. But when you need him, he's right there with you. And in that moment, he's swinging and he's seeing Jesus in that empty swing. And I want you to know today that when you need him, Jesus is right there because he is a good shepherd. So now, as Jesus has done thus far in John chapter 10, he goes on and he, he wants us to know more about the life that we're to have as a sheep. And he wants us to know more about our relationship we're supposed to have with the shepherd. And so he dives in a little deeper to help us understand that the enemy is always there. And if we're not careful, he is out there. So point number eight is the shepherd tells us to avoid the wrong door. You see, there's doors out there that may pretend to be the shepherd's door that may offer some form of joy or peace or satisfaction or life. But Jesus says, you need to be aware. There's really only one door and there are many wrong doors. And so he says in verse 12 now, he says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. And he sees the wolf coming, but he abandons the sheep and runs away. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He says there's fakes, frauds, and imitations that kind of look like the door to abundance and look like the door to some, but they're not the shepherd. They're fakes and frauds and imitations. And, and when the enemy comes, when the tough, when the going gets tough, they get some gone. They will not be there for you. And I was thinking about some of those things in our life. It's those things that we often 
place our faith in. We place our trust in. It's our security blanket. It's, it's, it's what we find our life in. Sometimes it's in relationships. Women think, well, if I just had a good husband. Husbands think, if I just had a good wife. Young men, young women say, if I just had a good boyfriend, a good girlfriend. People think, if I just had a little more money, if I had a better job, if I had a little bit more, a few more likes on my Facebook post. I mean, it's all over out there that are pretenders and fakes and frauds, doors that seem to offer satisfaction and joy and life. Jesus says, when the going gets tough, they will leave you. But Jesus says, I will never, ever leave you. It's really important that we go through the right door. Several months ago, maybe a year, Kendra and I were on vacation and we'd gone on a cruise and uh, the, the cruise line owns an island and we were on the island and I needed to find a restroom. So I walked up through the sand under the trees. I'm looking for the restroom. So I see a big sign says restroom. I walked over to it and there was a wall and it's all I saw was men with an arrow to the left. I walked to the left and I went around the wall and there was a door and I went in the door. Now, sometimes when you're trying to find a restroom, you're kind of in a hurry. And so I walked in the door and I started walking through the restroom and I'm looking for a wall mounted plumbing fixture. I have to say that because I can't say urinal from the pulpit. Okay. I'm looking for the wall mounted plumbing fixture and I don't find it. So instead of going out, I keep going deeper into the restroom and there's no wall mounted stuff. And I keep going only I start to question I'm in the wrong place. And about that time, a woman came out of a stall and I said, uh, I'm sorry, wrong door. She didn't believe me. She looked at me like you're a weirdo pervert in the neighborhood. All right. And it wasn't that I simply wasn't paying enough attention and I had used the wrong door, which did not lead me to the place that I wanted to be. So after I figured out where the right door was, I'm, I'm thinking the cruise line like this and it's not well marked. I went out front and it said, arrow men slash women. Everybody goes to the left, but when you get behind the wall, you have to determine which door is yours. It's important that we look diligently and find and use the right door and only the right door. And so Jesus is trying to help us understand that there are wrong doors out there. Now, let me explain why he's saying this. He wants you, tell your neighbor, he's talking to you. He wants me, you're by yourself, Gail, he's talking to you, okay? Uh, he, he wants us to know that if we're at the wrong door, we are not his sheep. If, if we're finding our hope, if we're finding our trust, if we're placing our life into anyone, anything else other than Jesus, the good shepherd, we're not a sheep, we're a goat. 
that. We may look like a sheep. We may smell a little like a sheep. We may walk and act a little like a sheep. But at the end of the day, we're at the wrong door. And we're not a sheep. We're a goat. Now, why is that so incredibly important that you and I today know which one we are? Because Jesus weighs into this in Matthew chapter 25. And he says in verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all of the angels are with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all of the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Then he says in verse 33, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. It's important that we are not using the wrong door. It's important that we know with certainty that Jesus is our shepherd and we are the sheep of his pasture. So then he goes on and he says, verse 34, then the king, Jesus, will say to those on the right, the sheep, come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So Jesus has just identified. He has branded the sheep. He, these are the marks of a good sheep following the leadership of a good shepherd. Uh, you, you're doing things for others. You are being obedient to Jesus. Now, right now, you may be thinking, uh-oh, I haven't given any food to anybody hungry. I haven't offered anybody a drink of anything. I haven't visited the prison. I haven't visited the sick. I haven't put any clothes on anybody's back. Oh no, maybe, just maybe, I'm a goat. I want you to know today that the church is one of the tools that helps us demonstrate our branding of whether we are sheep or not. First of all, I want you to understand that, that sheep, when they're alone, are exposed to the enemy. You can do research on sheep, and when they stay together, the enemy often stays away. But when a sheep or two scatter and get away, that's when they're exposed to the enemy. The, the, the fact that you're here on this Sunday morning with a desire to come together with sheep is one mark of you being a sheep and Jesus being your shepherd. And number two, 
what the church does in our community and around the world is, is an arm, an extension of you as sheep of this local flock or this local herd. What, what do I mean? I mean, as a church, as a group of sheep coming together, when we give of our finances, if you are a giver, you give to feed, clothe, and help the least of these. Uh, we, uh, on Monday nights, your resources help feed a couple hundred homeless people. Uh, your resources help clothe and coat and warm homeless people on Monday nights. Your resources help as we walk alongside ministries like Choices Resource, a crisis pregnancy center, where we stand in the gap for the absolute least of these, the unborn babies. Your resources are used to feed and clothe and take care of people. Most recently, what does that look like? Just this week, I was contacted by one of our ministry partners who looks after Kenya. And they have churches in Kenya, in communities in Kenya. Not communities like this, communities where they live in dirt homes with dirt floors and they love Jesus. But the pandemic in Kenya has caused them to shut down the, the marketplace where these people go to barter their products. Maybe things they grow, maybe animals or eggs or milk. They've shut down the marketplace and they've been shut down for weeks. So these people can no longer purchase food and care for themselves and their families. And so your church, the church at Sturkey Hills is, is providing a feeding of nearly 14,000 pounds of food for these communities all over Kenya. So I want you to know, maybe, maybe not alone every day individually, which you should, but coming together as sheep in a herd, in a flock, we, this is what we do. It's another mark of being a sheep. Now, what's the problem? If you're not a sheep, what's the big deal? Well, Jesus goes on and he says in verse 41, now he's going to address the goats, those who are not followers of Jesus. He says in verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, that would be the goats, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This ain't popular stuff. This is not happy Christianity. This is not easy believism. This is saying either you are a sheep or you are not. And if you're a sheep, man, it's good because you have a good shepherd who will always give you, show you, lead you to green pastures and gracious provisions. But if you're not a sheep at the end of the day, if you're a goat, you have eternal fire prepared for you, just like the devil and his angels. And he says, for I was hungry and you didn't give me anything. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes, you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. And they will all answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or stranger needing clothes or sick in prison and didn't help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do, for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment. But, 
back to the sheep, the righteous will go into eternal life. You see, there is a chasm of disparity between living a life and dying as a goat or living our life and dying as a sheep. So you may be here today and you're wondering, okay, I, I, I think I'm a sheep. I hope I'm a sheep. I think I've done, I put place my faith in the right shepherd. I'm, I'm following him and not me. Well, about two weeks ago, we, we stumbled across this amazing little truth. When the blind man from birth had been healed, and at the end of the passage, Jesus asked him, he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, I want to. Who is he? And Jesus said, it's me, the one you're talking to. His answer must be your answer. It must be my answer. There is no other answer. This determines whether you are a sheep or not. And that is, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus. That's it. If we can look to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're the Lord and I'm not. Jesus, you're the king and I'm not. Jesus, you're the master and I'm not. Jesus, where you lead, I will follow you. Then we can honestly say, I am a sheep. Bah. Now, how do I know so confidently that Jesus must be the Lord of our life and not just a prayer for salvation so our ticket is punched so we don't go to hell? The greatest shepherding passage of Scripture one of the most popular passages in all of the Bible. Often you'll hear it at a funeral, but it's not just a funeral passage. It's the 23rd Psalm. And I want you to know this Psalm paints a picture of the shepherd with his sheep. But I have to be candid. For years and years and years, I read over the key that unlocks the door to what the shepherd wants to provide for his sheep. Your pastor read through this, read over this for a long time. And it's right at the beginning, the key that unlocks it all. He says in verse one of the 23rd Psalm, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, the Lord, not the king, not the not the, the, the great man of the Bible, not the one who rose from the dead. All of that is encapsulated, but he says, it's my Lord, the master, my leader, my shepherd, the Lord. I have surrendered to him. He is the one who makes me not want for anything. Now listen what happens. If we get that right, if we get Jesus as shepherd, and we get us as sheep right. Listen what unfolds. Listen what it unlocks the door to. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, 
I will fear no evil for you, my shepherd and my Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. He's trying to, the psalmist wants us to know that when Jesus is our Lord and our shepherd, he does a whole lot of stuff on our behalf as our shepherd. He makes stuff. He leads us. He refreshes us. He guides us. He comforts us. He prepares stuff for us. He anoints our head with oil. He is a good shepherd for those who are really his sheep. And when that happens, he says this. He says, and then my cup, it just runs over. It just overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen to me, church. You have every reason to be delighted and excited and motivated and unashamed and bold in your proclamation that you are a sheep. Why? Because we have one good, good shepherd looking out for us. Amen. And so I close today with this. Sometimes people accuse me of preaching and offering salvation and the gospel to people who are already saved. But I'm looking out over this parking lot and the Lord knows my heart. I hope every single one of you are saved. But I want you to know that these messages are broadcast online and they're, they're viewed by people here and around the world. And so when I share the gospel, you just be glad I'm sharing the gospel because I'm just going to get be old mean preacher here right now because days go by that you ain't sharing the gospel. Amen. Blow your horn. You know, that's true. Now, I know you were blowing about the car beside you, but that's okay. Okay. It's true. And we've got to be sheep who are helping goats find a way to morph into a sheep in Jesus' name. And that's why I share the gospel. But at the same time, I know some of you maybe today are struggling with whether or not you're a sheep. I want you to know, and I want you that may be watching to know, that you don't have to worry about that. Jesus has done all of the work for us. It's not about work. It's not anything we do. It's what He did. He accomplished it all. It's a finished work of Christ. It's... it's Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, how we're saved, how we become sheep. We just come to a place where we humbly say, God, I'm th I thank you that you sent me a shepherd. I thank you that you want to adopt this goat and bring him into the family of sheep. From this day forward, my prayer, God, is just to cry out, because you are my sheep, uh, my shepherd, and I am your sheep. And God, right now, I pray for those who may be struggling, whether watching online or sitting in this parking lot. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will help them find peace of where they're at right now. 
And God, for those of us who are our sheep, I pray that we would change our view of you and ourselves and that we will begin to dive into trying to be the absolute best sheep in your pasture. That everything we say and do will be motivated by you, that we'll be following your direction and your guidance. And that because of it, more goats will become sheep. And eternal hell and eternal heaven will be changed because we are the best sheep in your pasture. Father, we thank you for allowing us to open your word and to worship you today. We pray, God, that you would have your will in the hearts of all of us as we listen to these words. And God, we pray that moving forward, we as a church would shine a light in a dark world one by one. I personally can't change the world, but God, by following Jesus, I can impact my world, and that's all you ask us to do. So we thank you, we love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. We're gonna sing another song. I invite you to sing, and then I'll be back up in just a minute to close.